0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 11th, 2022. On this podcast, I get to share, this is my privilege, it's my honor. It's not something I've got to do for over 25 years, 24 years, this is year number 25. This is something I get to do. So it's a privilege for me to be able to share the word of God with you on a daily basis, and for us to get into the word in the morning, and hear from heaven, and then walk this thing out so that we can become the men and women that God has called us to be for such a time as this. I'm excited on a Friday. I'm actually excited every day, but on Fridays, we get to close out the week strong and head into the weekend strong. So I have something that God gave me to share with you. I want you to open up your heart to receive. So let's get into the word for this morning. So I told you that all year I would be teaching you about intentional progress and how not only do I believe that God already destined for us to walk in a certain level of progress for this season, but that for us to receive what God has already provided, faith receives what God has provided by grace. We need to be intentional. We need to be deliberate about the pursuit of our purpose. And so we've been studying life lessons from the life of Jesus. Today we're going to cover part 43. And then we've been looking at the road to the resurrection. This is part 14. But I want to do something different this morning. Um, I've been laying the foundation for all of these steps that we have to go through and that I'll be teaching through this year. Uh, We've been learning things line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. And uh, I got to the passage where in John chapter 19, we looked at John chapter 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I thought I was going to stop at 17. Once I got to 18, it was like, hey, Jesus is preparing to die. In chapter 19, we got all the way to verse 13, and then after verse 13, Jesus is about to be nailed to the cross. So last night I was looking at this passage, I was praying about it, and I was like, okay, Lord, can I just, you know, go straight to the cross? I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning, Or well, what do you want me to cover? And the Lord led me a different way. See, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I've been doing this for over 24 years, and I've been preaching for over 25 years. And I'm one of those people that keep all my notes. So I have over 25 years of notes. So when it comes to like me, hey, there's something that I need to go back and look in my archives. I have an easy way of finding things. But anyway, I had to do a lot of like putting together for today's message. What the Lord wanted me to do today is something different than I normally do. And so what we're going to look at today is all the prophecies, not all, but you know, it's not a comprehensive list, but some of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled on the road to the cross on the you know, as part of his life. And uh, as I share these things with you, there's so many scriptures that support what Jesus was doing. Sometimes it looks like Jesus had no rhyme or reason, and sometimes it looks like our life has no rhyme or reason. But no, 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 no. All of these things, there's a rhyme and a reason to it. God destined us from the foundations of the world, just like he destined Jesus. So I've been telling you that you shouldn't be upset when Jesus was going from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night. You shouldn't be upset when they chose Barabbas. You shouldn't be upset when all these things, because at the end of the day, is God moving pieces around on the chessboard of your life. And it's, and, and if that happened for Jesus, it is happening for you. And so there are some things that are happening in your life that you're like, why is this happening? Why why did this person turn on me? Or why is this person's, you know, why is this situation not working out? No, no, no. All these things, they are pieces that are be, being moved around the chessboard of your life. And God planned out his moves from the foundations of the world. And this should give you peace. This should give you hope that you are not a mistake, that you are predestined. So let's talk about it. I'm going to start with just a few prophecies connected to Jesus's arrival on this planet. And then we're going to look at 33 other prophecies. And then we're going to talk about us today. All right. You ready? So a little bit different today, but there's a lot in here. This is is teaching. This is not something that, like, it, it takes a... A long time to get to the point where you can actually put some of this together, and by the grace of God, I've been doing this a little bit. You know, a little for a little while. So let's start with some prophecies about Jesus's arrival. Here we go. Micah, the prophet, Micah, uh, chapter five and verse two. The Bible says, "But thou, Bethlehem, thou, although you are little amongst the thousands of Judah, out of you shall come forth unto me the ruler of Israel, who's going forth." Have been destined from old, from everlasting. So it was destined or it was prophesied that Jesus would come from Bethlehem. And that was prophesied by Micah. In Hosea 11 and 1, the Bible says, the prophet said, When Israel was a child, I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. So one prophet is saying Jesus or the Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. Another one says he's coming out of Egypt. Isaiah 9 and 1 says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. But in the future, God will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. And scholars say that this is Isaiah prophesying that Jesus would honor the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So some people read scripture and they say, oh, you know what? See, the Bible contradicts itself. One prophet says Bethlehem. One prophet says, um, what was the other word? Egypt. Another prophet says the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. See, these people, they're all confused. The Bible contradicts itself. Well, not really. Like, I, I, would, I would challenge you to show me one contradiction in scripture. If, if you think there's a contradiction, then you probably just lack understanding. Uh, but scripture fulfills scripture. So Micah 5 and 2, let's talk about how that was fulfilled. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. So in Matthew 2 and 1, we see that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Well, that fulfilled Micah 5 and 2. And when he was born in Bethlehem, it was the time of King Herod the king. All right, you got it? Now, so one prophecy fulfilled, one down. Hosea, 11 and 1, here's fulfilled in Matthew 2 and 13. So Matthew 2 and 13 says, this is after the the baby was born. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Be there until I tell you to move, until I give you a word, for Herod, Herod King Herod, is seeking to kill the young boy. So now Joseph got a word from the Lord in a dream saying, get up, take the young boy and his mother and flee into Egypt. Oh, so now here we have another prophecy. Not only that, but King Herod had sent out um, these wise men to go find baby Jesus. And when they sent out the wise men, they sent them out and they said, Hey, I need you. This is King Herod. I need you to go find this baby because I want to go worship And so the wise man was like, oh, okay. So they take all of these gifts and they go out in search of Jesus, in search of the Messiah, baby Jesus. And as they were going, while they were on the journey, the Lord spoke to them in a dream. And the Lord exposed to them King Herod's plans. And the Lord says to them, hey, Herod is not trying to worship the boy. Herod is trying to kill the boy. And so when they left, after they found baby Jesus, The Bible says they they departed into their own country another way. They didn't go back to Herod. Why? Because they got a word from the Lord saying, don't go back to Herod. Herod is lying. He's trying to kill the baby. So now here you have another, you know, another revelation came to Joseph. It was like, go here into Egypt. And now, now we see that one prophecy, Bethlehem fulfilled. Another prophecy, Egypt fulfilled. Matthew 2 and 19. Remember, the word of the Lord had come. Uh, saying to Joseph, Don't leave. You go to Egypt and you stay there until I give you a word. So in Matthew 2 and 19, the Bible says, When Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in another dream, saying, this, They're still in Egypt. And he says, Arise. Now, Herod is dead. And because Herod is dead, you can go back. And I want you to take the boy and his mother to the land of Israel right? But because the people that sought to kill him, they're already dead. Matthew 2 and 23 says, and when they got back to Israel, Joseph and his wife and baby Jesus, they dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So now here you have, he was born in Bethlehem, and after fulfilling that prophecy, he moved to Egypt. And after fulfilling that prophecy, He moved to Nazareth so that he could be called a Nazarene. Now, you might be saying, dog, well, Rick, that's a lot. But wait, 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 you forgot the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Well, not really. So Isaiah 91, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, for you to find out where the land of Zebulun and Naphtali Naphtali was, you have to go all the way back to where uh, the land was distributed amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. And when you go back, you see that Zebulun and Naphtali inherited the coastal region, the coastal region by the Sea of Galilee. Now, Nazareth was away from the water. Nazareth was away from the seashore, which is one of the reasons why people said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Jesus was raised basically in the ghetto, Nazareth, but he still had to go to some place called the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Well, in the time of Jesus, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali was called Capernaum. So in Matthew 4 and 12, the Bible says, now when Jesus heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, leaving Nazareth, and he came and set up his ministry headquarters in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, on the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Come on now. So he set up his ministry headquarters in Capernaum. Why? Not because he got a good deal on rent what why not because it was strategically strategically located for ministry No, because he was supposed to be there, because it was destined for him to be there. See, Jesus was born in Bethlehem because there was prophecy. He was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. He then went to Egypt. Why? Because there was prophecy. He was supposed to go to Egypt. And then when Herod was dead, he came back and he lived in Nazareth. Why? Because he was supposed to live live in Nazareth. And when he set up his ministry headquarters, where did he go? Capernaum, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Why? Because he was supposed to be there. Come on now. Listen, there's, there's nothing. You think... God is the one moving pieces around the chessboard, I'm telling you. And if this happened with Jesus, it happens for us. God is the one. God is the one. He predestined you from the foundations of the world. Your book may not be called the Bible, but come on now. God destined you. You are predestined for such a time as this. And if I have more time, I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture. But what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do right now is give you 33 other prophecies. Come on now. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously I don't have time to go all, do all of this. But, but I'm going to just give you, for those of you that get the notes, you already got the email and there's 33 more prophecies I'm about to give you with all the scripture references. You ready? Here we go. Number one, it was prophesied that he will be born of a virgin. That's Isaiah 7 and 14. It, number two, it was prophesied that his name would be Emmanuel, which in Hebrew is translated God with us. Number three, he was it was prophesied that he would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Number four, it was prophesied that he would preach and teach in the temple. That's Malachi 3 and 1. Number five, that he would speak in parables. That's Psalm 78, verses 2 through 4. Number six, that he would minister in Galilee. That's Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. Number seven, that he would heal the sick, set the captives free, and preach deliverance. Glory to God. That's Isaiah 61 and 1. Number eight, that his message would not be received. That people would reject him. Isaiah 53 and 1. Number nine, that he would be hated. Psalm 69 and four. Number 10, that his disciples would forsake him, that them, them jokers would take off. Zechariah 13 and seven. Number 11, that he would publicly enter Jerusalem before his crucifixion. That's Zechariah nine and nine. Number 12, that he would actually ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Come on now, think about that. That was prophesied, that he would ride. When he said, hey, go into this town over there, go into that town. Over there in that town, you're going to find a donkey. And you tell them, hey, grab the donkey. And if anybody asks you, you say the kingdom have need of this donkey. It was prophesied that he would even ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Number 13, it was prophesied that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Come on now. Number 14, it was prophesied that he would be betrayed by a friend. Psalms 41 and 9. Number 15, it was prophesied that both Jew and Gentile would conspire against him. That's Psalms Two and one. That's why you have the Jews conspiring against Jesus. And that's why Pilate had to be brought in because it was supposed to be Jew and Gentile, not just Jews. Come on now. Number 16, it was prophesied that he would be nailed to a tree. That's Deuteronomy 21 and 22. Number 17, it was prophesied that he would suffer for others. That's Isaiah 53 and 6. Number 18, that he would be mocked. That's Psalms 22 verses 7 and 8. Number 19, that he would be smitten. That's Micah, five and one. Number 20, oh my God, that he would be spit upon. That's nasty. And it was prophesied, Isaiah 50 and verse six. Number 21, that he would be forsaken by God. Psalms 22 and 1, we said, my God, it's like God had to turn his back for a moment to even allow Jesus to die. Come on now. And that was prophesied. Number 22, that he would be given gall and vinegar to drink. That's Psalm 69 and 21. So even when they walked up and said, hey, here's some vinegar. Oh, I'm thirsty. Here's some vinegar. That was prophesied. They were, they were trying to be nasty, but it was prophesied that it would happen. Number 23, that people would cast lots for his clothes. Here they are playing dice. Hey, I want Jesus his clothes. They're over here gambling for his clothes. That was prophesied in Psalms 22 and 18. Number 24, that not one of his bones would be broken. That's Psalms 34 and 20. They were supposed to break their bones on the cross, and the other two people got their bones broken, but not Jesus' bones. Why? Because it was prophesied that not one of his bones would be broken. Number 25, that he would be pierced in the side. That's Zechariah 12 and 10. It was prophesied. Number 26, that he would die for our sins. That's Isaiah 53 and 5. Number 27, that he would be buried with the rich. Come on now. Even like where he was supposed to be buried, Isaiah 53 and 9 says he's going to be buried with a rich person. And so the rich person had to give up his tomb. Why? Because it was prophesied. Number 28, that his soul would not be left in hell. That's Psalm 16 and 10. Number 29, that he would be raised from the dead. Glory to God, Psalm 16 and 10. Number 30, that he would rise not just from the dead, but on the third day. That's Jonah 1 and 17. Uh, uh, Number 31, that he would ascend up into heaven. That's, you know, he took an Uber. He took a cloud like an Uber and went back to heaven. Psalm 68 and 18. Number 32, that he would sit at the right hand of God. And he sat down, not because he was tired. He sat down because he was done. That's Psalms 110 and one. And then finally, number 33, that he would usher in a new covenant. That's Jeremiah 31 and 31. Glory to God. And listen, if you get the notes, you should get the notes. All of that is in the notes. Now, I got through all of that. Now, so what does this mean for you today? You're like, Rick, that was good. Lord have mercy. All right. It's a Friday morning. We're about to go into the weekend. What does this mean for you today? Let me give you five quick things so we can go. I'm going to give you five quick things so I can release you. You ready? All right, here we go. Number one, God mapped out your life before you were born. Man, come on. I hope you, you can see it now. God mapped out your life before you were born. Psalms 139 and verse 16 says David is writing, and David says, hey, God, your eyes saw my unformed body, right? David is saying, Lord, you're so amazing. You're you're so great as God that you saw my body before it was he says all the days of my life were ordained for me and were written in your book before one of them came to breathe. He said before I ever even took one breath. You had already ordained all the days of my life and you had written my life in your book. See, God wrote a book about you. God wrote is not an autobiography because you didn't write it. It's a biography because God wrote it for you. There's a book in heaven with your name on it. There's a book in heaven with my name on it. Come on now. And 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 so, yeah, maybe sometimes God, why, for those of you, a lot of people that are watching right now, are in the military or used to be in the military, you'd be like, God, I tried to get out of these orders. Well, I didn't want to go to Germany. I didn't want to go to Korea. I didn't want to go to Iraq. I didn't want to go here. God. Why? Why? And you praying and you got your friends praying and you all fasting against those orders and you still had to go. You know why? Because it was in the book. And then when you get there, you go and you come back. And you look Lord, I'm glad I went. Had I not gone, this would not have happened. That would not have happened. Listen, there's some things that are happening and God is the one that's moving pieces around the chessboard of your life. Your book is not an autobiography. You didn't write it. God wrote it. And so your book and now is to attempt to become whatever God wrote in that book. You got to discover it and become it. Say amen to that. Number two, your life is not your own. If God already wrote the book of your life and he wrote it before you were born, then your life is not your own. Your name may not be Jesus and your book may not be called the Bible, but you are still destined. There's a book in heaven, and watch this your life is not your own. You are destined just like Jesus was destined. And so you are not, look at me, look at me, you are not on this planet to do whatever you want. You are not on this planet to just go to parties to have a little bit of fun, to go sit on the beach, and just, that's it. Like You are not on this planet to suck in and blow out air, have a little bit of fun, and then die and go to heaven. You are on this planet because God sent you here. Just like God sent Jesus, God sent you. Your life is not about you. Your life is all about him. Say amen to that. Number three, God sanctified you and set you apart and formed you in your mother's womb before you were born. That's Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. So God knew you before you were born. Watch this. God set you apart. He sanctified you. When you sanctify something, you set it apart. When you sanctify something, you say, oh, no, no, you can't touch that. That one right here, that plate it's For my wife, I, I my wife is not here. I set apart, yeah. I put it, hey, don't touch that plate. That plate is for Isabella, it's been set apart. God took you and He set you apart before the foundations of the world, before He sent you into this planet. He set you apart, He ordained you. He had an ordination service in heaven, He sanctified you, He had prepared you for such a time as this. Glory to God! So, your job is to discover what He already ordained. Number four, God chose you and blessed you before the world was made. In Ephesians 1, verses three through five, the Bible says, in Christ, God has already given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In Christ, God chose us before the world was made. In Christ, watch this, he chose us. And the Bible says, before the world was made, God decided to make us his own children in Christ Jesus, and that is what God wanted, and it pleased him to do it. My life is all about him my life is not about me. Say amen to that. All right. Uh, uh, Actually, I have six things. Number number five, God established your purpose and he gave you the grace to complete it before you die. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, the Bible says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to your own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So you didn't earn your calling. You don't deserve it. But God gave you the grace to do it. He called you and he gave you the grace for the calling before the world began. And then number five or number six, last thing, as I close and I'm releasing you into the week and into the weekend, your life now is a journey of discovery. That's what, that's why when I, when I went through the six things at the beginning of the year, step number one is praying and discerning. Your life now is a journey of discovery. You cannot decide your purpose because God decided before the world began. You cannot come up with your destiny because no, no, God already came up with it. You were predestined before you were born. So walking with God and living by faith is just discerning, is seeking to understand God, show me. God you're leading me to do stuff that I don't know how to do. Like, sometimes things work out, sometimes it's so frustrating. God, I, I, this is oh man, this is hard. This but you're telling me to do it and you're telling me I have the grace for it. And, 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 yeah, yeah. So when you're doing when you're walking and living by faith and you're seeking to just do whatever God is leading you to do and you know you have the grace for it, you're walking with God. You're not coming up with your life story and there's there's a difference. What I'm saying, the grace life, this is this is way different than people that just say, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing in 2022. Here are my goals. Here are my plans. Here are my desires. And then let me bring it before God and ask God to bless it. God, can you please give me this stuff? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm teaching. You're trying to come up with stuff in your own heart and then get God to put a stamp of approval on it. Faith is not about you trying to get God to put a yes on your plans. Faith is about God trying to get you to put a yes on his plans. Faith is about God trying to convince you to die to yourself, give up your stuff, don't be selfish, and discover what He already planned for you to have from the foundations of the world. That's how we're going to maximize 2022. That's how, that's how it's going to be greater is coming for me because my life is not about me. My life is all about Him. That, and so this is how we're supposed to live. Before I close, I, I, I do want to share a couple of quick things with you. Um, first thing is, uh, for as far as the building project uh uh listen i'm about to close with a declaration of faith so don't don't go nowhere yet but let me just uh say this real quick let me share my screen here um in the dominican republic i haven't talked to you uh i haven't um given you an update in a while but I const- uh, the school is built as you know uh many of you know the school is already built and now what we're doing is we're building the church here are some pictures of the construction of the church and i thank god we're building this debt free we're going to get it all done. We're not going to owe any, uh, anything to anyone. Um, and so as we're building this out, um, I do want you to pray about, you know, just being a partner with our ministry. And so we have we have kids there in the Dominican Republic. Uh, we thank God for the, the students that we have. We also provide them a hot meal every day. Let me see if I can find those photos real quick. Uh, but we provide them a hot meal to our students and also to our staff members. And for some of them, that hot meal is the only meal that they get. And so thank you so much for partnering with us. If you want to partner with us, go to ripministries.org, click on the donate button, and then uh, you know you can become a partner with our ministry. All your donations are tax deductible in the United States. And one more thing I want to tell you before, I, uh, before we close out is that this weekend, for those of you that are in the Northern Virginia area, this weekend I'm preaching at VCMI Virginia, uh, VCMI Woodbridge. So join us. Go to VCMI.org. Go to campuses. If you don't know where we are, we're in Woodbridge, Virginia. Meet us there on Sunday morning. I believe the word God has given me is going to be a blessing to you. So I want to see you there if you're in the area. All right. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This message was good, y'all. I mean, this is, you can't, this is not something you just put together in five minutes. This is something I've been doing this for a long time. And so obviously, you know, it took, I had to stitch all these things together and I pray that you enjoyed it. And if you get the notes, you already have my notes, right? So. Uh, if you have the notes and, and if you want the notes, go to todaysword.org and, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe so you can get the notes. But Let's close out. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, you plan for my arrival. All the days of my life were mapped out before I ever took one breath. I am not a mistake. Like Jesus, <laughs> I am called and destined for a specific purpose. Jesus found himself in the book, and I shall discover my purpose. I will find, follow, and finish my purpose before I die. I will arrive at your overall expected end for my life. I will accomplish everything I was born to accomplish while I'm in the land of the living. Every prophecy that you made concerning me shall come to pass. I will become the man or woman I am destined to be. I will leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. I will do this by your amazing grace. Therefore, I declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If if you're not getting these messages, like I said, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, also share this message. Somebody asked in the chat, will the message uh, that I preach on Sunday be streamed? Yes. You can go to youtube.com forward slash VCMIVA, youtube.com forward slash VCMIVA, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning. Uh, the message will be streamed. You can you can watch it that way as well. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. You are not a mistake. God destined you. I hope you can see it from the word. What is true for Jesus is true for you. Have an amazing weekend. Uh, I'll see you on Monday morning. God bless you.